It's time. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And live from the nation's capital, Trista Crick, Nick Ashew. We got a 21 nothing lead for Indiana over Indiana State. Their offense looks like a juggernaut right now, Trista. They're just marching up and down the field. God, Indiana State's really bad. It's just a straight-up onslaught of offense for Indiana. And now we have Indiana State moving the ball a little bit, too, which is even worse. If they move it and they eat the clock... It. And then they're held to field goals, or they just don't get any points whatsoever. I'll be happy. That's the thing right there about the under, is that yep. you can watch the same drive and have different feelings about it. You can be yep. like, okay, you can move it 80 <laughs> yards, just don't score. And if you do score, just a field goal. And the other team, Indiana, no more chunk plays. You guys can dominate time of it. So you just end up rooting for things, but you know that if they are moving the ball, that means more points could be coming. It's a very scary... Uh, it's, it's why I don't like betting a lot of unders, because of the yeah. exact position that I'm in right now. And a lot of people. There's a lot of money on the under in this game. And that's, what was the number? Uh, 44 and a half. Ooh. It's up to 52 It's up to 52 and a half, and a half now. now. And, uh, I know. The live spread over to show sponsor network sponsor BetMGM. If you'd like, you want Indiana State plus 42 Two and a half, Trista. <laughs> These little new graphics that they have, I don't like that. They can't move the ball at all. Or like, it's just, oh. This flag graphic on the I Big Ten that. Network, it's like a construction sign. It it's is. like flag, <laughs> flag with like cones around it and fire. It's insane. I like a lot of the graphics that they got down there, but yeah, I don't know how Doesn't I feel it about look the flag. A little Mickey Mouse. Do you remember a few years ago ESPN when they they changed their Monday Night Football graphics and? I don't remember what it is they did. It was like when they had a first... Do you remember what it was, Scott? Or maybe, Trista, you remember? It was... They did something where people thought that it always looked like there was a flag on the play, and then halftime of the first Monday Night Football game, they changed it. This was like maybe four years Wasn't ago. It, was it a possession arrow? I think it was possession arrow. Maybe that's arrow, what it was. I, it was it yellow. It may have been... And again, it might be ESPN. It might be Fox. It might be NBC. But I thought it was the possession arrow that was colored in yellow. It was definitely ESPN yeah. because I remember their, one of their PR people tweeting literally at halftime that they heard everybody's complaints and decided to pull it and not do that anymore, which I was like, this is the first time somebody's listened to something on Twitter and done like the, a right change like in the middle of a game like that. You just don't expect that. Usually it's like, I'll get used to it. People used to complain about what the green zone on NBC. Right. Whatever. Like everybody complains about everything, but that did need to change. It was a little too confusing. But yeah, you know, graphics are always changing. Sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. Uh, there's a lot of change going on at Colorado right now. This is a wild stat, Trista. There are more bets right now on the Colorado Nebraska game than all remaining NFL games this week. We talked earlier about the ticket prices, most expensive price right now for any football game that includes NFL games, a Colorado Nebraska game. Coach Prime has now put it to the point where everybody, everybody that's betting on football is betting on Colorado Nebraska. Wow, that's actually incredible because if you think about it, those were two of the least exciting teams to bet on, especially when they played one another, maybe in all of college football. I mean, you're talking about bland, boring 
programs, and that is their brand of football. So the fact that this is the game of the week, I was talking to a friend because I'm going to go and see it. I'm going to do the D.C. bike ride tomorrow morning mm-hmm. and then watch the game after. And I was like, are they even going to put this game on TV? Will these bartenders know this is the game? This is the game to and put like, on, and, right? And they were like, no, they know. It's, it's prime. It's Dion. You have to. There's three times the number of bets on this game than any other college football game. So more than any NFL game, three times as many as any other NFL game. It is, I mean, listen, first off, it's great for college football. 100% what he's able to do and to turn this program around that quickly. But you then have to kind of, like, I don't think, even though what we saw week one from Colorado was incredible and they were fun to watch, if anybody's sitting here talking about them as a national title contender, pump the brakes. Like The expectation still shouldn't be that much higher for this program this year. If they win five, six games, that's an accomplishment. They're going over their win total. They've exceeded where they are. Do they look like a team that could win more than that and go to a bowl game? Yes, they do. But I wouldn't consider it a failure or a letdown if you still have what you're going to bumps in the road as the season goes on. Yeah, man, and you're Colorado. You turned over 80% of your program, and nobody thought you were going to win four games. And now your win total has gone from 3.5 to 5.5 with one win uh, against TCU, who made so many boneheaded mistakes that they basically gave you the win. So, yeah, I think we just all kind of need to pump the brakes on the expectations and what we think is going to happen. If it does happen, I'm certainly going to be excited for Colorado because it's historic. It's never happened before. And certainly, if it has, nobody's been successful turning over an entire program, basically telling some of your quote-unquote star players, you need to pack up your bags and go (laughs) because you're not playing here anymore. So, yeah, if Colorado has bumps in the road, then that's just expected. But like Dion says, I'm getting comfortable here. I'm not worried Mm -hmm. about this first four games or first six games or first year, he's got a long-term contract. He's making almost $30 million a year. Colorado's got all eyes on them. I think it's going to be okay. And that look, this is one of the reasons why, too, we said pump the brakes. And I think, look, you bring up a great point when you look at where TCU is. Like, It's not only the mistakes that TCU made. They got only 41% of their roster production offensively from last year. Right. Top four receivers, top three rushers, all gone. Top three defensive players, NFL, gone. So it's not the same TCU team. And let's not also forget, they got whooped in the national title game last season. Yeah, you got did. your linebacker saying you're the, the biggest embarrassment in college football right now. and So this isn't the same TCU team that we saw even before the national title game, let alone what the embarrassment was that was there. So we don't really have a lot of a gauge in terms of like five or six weeks from now, we're going to know what TCU is. We're also going to know what Colorado is. So there's a level of like, this just feels this weekend like a little bit of a letdown spot for Colorado. You're riding high. Dion's out there. He's got all the energy, right? Oh, yeah, you guys are taking notes. I got receipts. Uh, Keep that same energy when you lose, okay? Because it's going to happen. But this is still one of those games where you say – it's a rivalry game. It means more to both of the programs. Dion already talked about how, obviously, important it is, but it means something to Nebraska, too. And you have Matt Rule over there, who is a very good college coach. Now, I know it takes some time for him to turn programs around, but, like, yes, they lost last week to Minnesota, but that's because they allowed 10 points in the final three minutes. Like, they blew that damn thing. Yeah, and did. that's the problem. So if they can learn from that, this may be a higher-scoring game. But, I, like... It's just kind of stinky when you see it's Colorado only a three-point favorite at home. And it was two and a half in some spots for a while. Like, when you see that and you go, this is still a program that that's new. I know what happened last week. I don't know. It just feels to me after what happened in Nebraska last week, for this to still be that close, it's telling you something. 
Yeah, and the line has been all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of just movement. Hasn't moved a lot in terms of just amount, but it's moved a lot in terms of frequency. We saw a two. We saw a two and a half. We've seen a three. We've seen a three and a half, and it's kind of popped all over the place. I haven't seen a two and a half in a while, but you look at Nebraska. What have, wish I had a three and a half in my pocket, mm-hmm. but like I think Nebraska can win this game outright. I wouldn't be surprised if they did win on the money line plus one twenty five. But listen, both of these teams are still trying to work their stuff out. So I think it's just a really fun game to watch if you're an, if you're a football fan. Uh, and without any expectations about what Matt Rule is going to be able to do for Nebraska his first year yep. or what Dion's going to be able to do in his first year. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, all eyes are going to be glued to this. It's oh, gonna, yeah. It's going to be the problem. 12 p.m. Which game. Is, it's funny because you've also then got, like, I'm curious to see what the ratings are going to look like between this game and at Dame. noon. Well, the Notre Dame game. Yeah, because that's at noon, too. That's also at noon. But I'm, I'm even thinking later on at 730 oh, like, Eastern, Texas, Alabama. Yeah. Like, that's two powerhouse programs, two big-time names right there. Dion and Colorado may still get better ratings yeah. than what you're going to get in a primetime. See what I did there? Primetime. Primetime game at 730 on Saturday. That's insane. When you're talking about Texas and Alabama. So, it's, I mean, it's clear the difference that this has made. And there's also something to be said, too, for Dion is able to just get these guys to believe in themselves. Like, that matters. He's got a leadership quality that's there. Because, look, and it's not a, like it's not the normal buttoned-up coaching coach speak that you're going to get. And that's what I like. Like, get out there, and he's just he's honest. And that stuff trickles down to everybody else on the team. Well, I think that's what he meant when he said that he is intimidating because he's the kind of coach who talks to his players in a way that they can identify with differently than any other coach, mm-hmm. really, in mm-hmm. the country. There are plenty of other coaches that look like Dion and look like their players that kind of fall into the coach speak, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. prime is prime. Yep. He's going to be him just like he was rocking chains and the Jerry Curl back in mm-hmm. the 80s and 90s. That's prime now, too. Yeah. And so it's, he hasn't changed a lick. I tell you what, I would want Coach Prime as my ultimate believer and hype man yeah. and someone to help him mold and shape me into being the best version of me I could be. Any player is going to want to play hard for Prime. 100%. And it's he's the he's the polar opposite of Nick Saban in in yes. so many ways, you know. But like different coaching styles do work. It really depends on the players you have, and the best coaches also understand. Yeah, I see the flag thing again. The flag, <laughs> it is. It's got like the caution tape look. It's weird. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, it's, maybe... it's literally like stuck on the screen, like it it's might... a sticker, and there's exclamation marks. Yeah, it's an interesting graphic. We gotta, we gotta it might grow them. on me. We'll see as the game goes on, and I'll, I'll see if it grows Certainly on me at all. Memorable. But you know, like Greg, Greg Popovich would always talk about this. The best coaches understand you're going to coach guys differently based on their personality and how they respond to it. So. You, you like it's look. It's certainly worked for Nick Saban. There's a reason why Alabama's a seven point favorite right now against Texas coming up this weekend. And I know, like, I feel like this game, this Texas Alabama game, is kind of a classic fatigue versus hype game where there's just Alabama fatigue, and a lot of people are ready to see Alabama fall off. You keep hearing that heading into this year. This isn't as good as an Alabama team as we've had before. Meanwhile, it's Texas. Texas is back. Texas is back. Right? Florida State was supposed to be back, and they were against LSU, and they look really, really good. But this is just one of those, like, I'm pumping the brakes on any Texas hype against Alabama. Going into Tuscaloosa on Saturday, primetime game. You lost 20-19 to if you're Texas last year, but you weren't there. You weren't in Alabama. It's a lot different. Quinn Ewers wasn't even playing in that game. He left in the first quarter with a shoulder injury. So we saw the way that he looked last week. He didn't look very good. And it's one thing 
to compete with Alabama at noon. Yep. When you're slid into a bunch of games and nobody's really taking you seriously and we're not even sure what you are yet and you've got yeah. Bryce Young on the other side and it's just kind of like, oh, I, this is a game for Alabama to win on the road. It's one thing to do that and it's another thing to play in Tuscaloosa at 7.30 p.m. Yes. With high expectations and Quinn Ewers in his mind knowing that he only got to play a quarter of football and he was balling there and now he has a lot to prove and everyone's watching. This is like the game of the week. How do you do? We'll see. He struggled to really connect on deep passes last week against Rice. That's going to be a problem. And, and if you're... If you're Texas, you got it. Like the way to also beat my God, Indiana just scored know, another just, touchdown. Yeah. A fourth and eight too. They went for it on fourth and eight. <sighs> Can you stop? There's no need. What's the what's what's the the Simpsons Damn. quote? Right? He's already dead. Stop doing yeah. it. They're already dead. Wave the white flag. That's it. Throw in the towel. It's my over. Lord. Yeah. I mean, look. It, hopefully, I, I more than anything. Look, I, I bet Alabama minus seven. I took Alabama to cover in this game. I'd love a seven and a half, but whatever. I got the seven, and I'm fine with that. If I end up with a push, I end up with a push. But, like, you you got to win in the trenches if you're going to beat Alabama. And I just don't think Texas has the ability to do that. That's one thing Alabama, both sides of the football, man, they got tough guys on both lines. Texas just can't compete with that. And Quinn Ewers struggling to throw the ball deep. Like, they're going to exploit that. There's a difference between Sark and Nick Saban. Also, Nick Saban doesn't lose to his assistants, like, ever. In fact, it's only twice, and then... He's never lost at home to an assistant ever, and Alabama hasn't lost at home at all since 2019, and that was LSU when they won the national championship. So everything is stacked against Texas. And as I say that, watch, Scott. What's going to happen is we're going to go in, and Texas is going to win by double digits, and I'm going to be really pissed off Saturday night. Far smarter people than I uh, were talking about this this week, and Mr. Bender actually mentioned it during hour one, that this could be a show-me game for Quinn Ewers. Others have said, Watch the Heisman market. Jalen Milrow, 30-1 to 1 right mm-hmm. now. Ewers, 20-1. to 1. You saw what Milrow did last week against competition. Mm-hmm. Not like Texas. I think, and the smarter people that I listen to, if you want to get Milrow now, if he does well tomorrow night against yeah. Texas, that 30 won't be available. That's no. a good point. So, that goes to 20-1? to 1. Sure. At least. Wh- whatever it goes yeah. to, but... Show you know, I think the show me is yeah sure of course yours every week but for Milrow, get it while you can because yeah. if he does well come Sunday morning you're gonna go oh I have a seventeen better to have a thirty ticket if no you want to take a sniff yeah I agree with that and it's one thing to if if Alabama didn't have their quarterback situation figured out like Ohio State is in that situation right now but Jalen Milrow looked legit it we had a dual quarterback converse, uh, uh, competition going on. We didn't know who was going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. And now we know everything's fine. Alabama's going to be okay. They're not the same Alabama. But listen, I I have much more faith in Alabama at home with Jalen Milrow now that those questions have been answered than I have with Quinn Ewers because the questions still haven't been answered with him in, unless it's bad, unless the answer is he's not that good. You know, I feel like talking about this Alabama team is saying that, like, Sofia Vergara now is not the same Sofia Vergara when she was 25. Yeah. Guess what? It hadn't changed much. It's still really day. Sofia yeah. Vergara is still Sofia Vergara. Like, fine one. It, you're, you're fine. Like, this Alabama team is still exactly. really, really good. So, I can't, that, that is the game. It's like last week, LSU, Florida State, the second half was brutal. I want a close game with this, too. Of course, and Alabama win. Gotta have those good primetime games. It's Ben MG in the night.